The following is a presentation of Tomorrow's World. Recently, an age-old fight has been injected with fiery new life. When non-Christians die, do their immortal souls begin an eternity of agony, writhing in pain, anguish, and untold torment in an ever-burning hell? When popular evangelical preacher Rob Bell published his book, Love Wins, which suggested that the traditional view of an eternally torturous hell may not exist, the reactions were extreme and passionate. Opinions were strong on both sides, but what does the Bible say on this question? Is there an eternal hell of pain and suffering awaiting the unsaved, which is most of humanity throughout history? What of those who die without ever hearing the name of Jesus Christ? Are they suffering in hell? Stay tuned. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. I believe the topic we're going to discuss today is going to be one of the most powerful subjects you have ever considered. It'll be sobering, even shocking, but it will be true and it'll be utterly grounded in God's Word, the only trustworthy source of uncompromising truth that we have in the world. Today we're going to discuss the current fight over hell and will give you God's final word on the matter. And it has the potential to fill you with a hope that you may have never thought possible. Also today, I'll be offering you an opportunity to request our life-changing booklet, Is This the Only Day of Salvation? We'll send this booklet free of charge with no obligation to anyone who calls or orders it online today. But you'll want to act quickly. Be sure and write down the contact information when it appears on your screen. Recently, popular evangelical preacher and American megachurch pastor Rob Bell published a controversial book, Love Wins, a book about heaven, hell, and the fate of every person who ever lived. It was controversial because in it, Mr. Bell suggested that he does not believe in the traditional Christian teaching of an ever-burning hell in which the immortal souls of those who died not believing in Jesus Christ are burning in agony for all eternity. Now, this isn't all he said in the book, but it was the part that really inflamed the passions of many. Apparently, you can mess with a lot of mainstream Christian beliefs, but don't mess with hell. Time Magazine's cover article the week of April 25th, 2011, covered the controversy, asking the question, what if there's no hell? And they stated in that article, a popular pastor's best-selling book has stirred fierce debate about sin, salvation, and judgment. And that it has. The reactions to the book on both sides of the issue were absolutely passionate and, well, fiery. Uh, for instance, in March of 2011, the Associated Press reported on one North Carolina church that fired its pastor, Mr. Chad Holtz, when he expressed support for Mr. Bell's book. Supporters of the traditional view of hell came from everywhere, some denouncing Bell as a heretic and some making excellent points about the biblical weaknesses in his book and the substance of his overall position. 
Many pointed out that Bell does a poor job of considering the holiness of God and that the Bible is just as clear on God's justice as it is on his love and mercy and that one quality of God can't be separated from the other. As another evangelical writer, Trevin Wax, said in an ABC News article, you can't have it both ways. The God who purges evil has to declare something right and wrong. What kind of love is this, Wax asked. A God who is never angered at sin, who lets evil go by unpunished, is not worthy of worship. Fellow Reformed Evangelical and very popular pastor Mark Driscoll seemed to address the controversy head-on when he preached at his church shortly after the book's publishing. Let me say it clearly, plainly, loudly. You are in danger. Without Jesus, you go to hell. Many reviewers noted that Bell's book is thick with ideas, but absolutely thin on biblical backing. But... The questions he raised were important ones, even if his own answers were terribly lacking. Consider this comment in an interview. The Washington Post's Sally Quinn presented Rob Bell with several questions posted on Twitter, including this one. What if you're wrong about hell? His answer? If billions and billions and billions of people, God is going to torture them in hell forever... People who never heard about Jesus are going to suffer in eternal agony because they didn't believe in the Jesus they never heard of. Then at that point, we will have far bigger problems than a book from a pastor from Grand Rapids. I'm not advocating the writings or preaching of any of the individuals I've mentioned today, certainly not those of Mr. Rob Bell. Their writings are rife with man-made teachings popular with traditional Christianity but found nowhere in the Bible. And Mr. Rob Bell's book is no exception. But the questions that this fight over hell brings up are good questions, important questions, questions that I know many of you have too. And they are questions that deserve to be answered. Not answered by the imaginations of men, not by the wishful thinking of megachurch pastors or the memorized answers given by theologians who are more dedicated to tradition and philosophy than the plain and simple teachings of the Bible. They're questions that must be answered out of God's word, sincerely, honestly, and simply. Let me be open with you for a moment. When I was a teenager in high school here in the United States, I wanted to understand God's mind, how he thought, what he was doing in the world. And like many, I had questions about hell. All I understood in my biblical ignorance was that hell was where the souls of people who didn't believe in Jesus Christ went when they died. And that it was a place of unending torment for all eternity. But the question I asked many then was this. What about those who've never even had a chance to hear about Jesus Christ? What about that person, a far-off village, who's never been contacted by Christianity before, and he's waiting to hear from this missionary that had come into the area, and he'd heard about some strange teachings the guy has. And he's there on his deathbed, and he's waiting for the missionary to arrive, and the missionary has a flat tire. He never gets there. The fellow dies having never truly heard the name of Jesus Christ, but perhaps who would have believed it if he had? What happens to him? What happens to those who have never had their chance? Would God allow them to be born 
live their brief lives in ignorance, and then die, only to spend the next billion, 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 billion years, with that only being the beginning, in unending agony and torment, never having even had the chance to meet or learn the name of the Savior who could have rescued them from that. Did God run the most cruel concentration camp in the universe, full of individuals suffering who never even had a chance? Was truly the vast, vast majority of the human beings that God lovingly crafted in his own image, were they truly suffering for eternity in that concentration camp in unimaginable torment without ever having had the chance in this life to even hear the name of Jesus Christ? Was God so powerless and weak? Or was he so cold and uncaring? Now, as I asked these questions, several people gave me answers. But no one was able to give me solid answers that honored God's fairness, his love, and his justice, and that came out of his word. The imaginations, philosophies, and theories of men weren't enough for me. I wanted to know God's word on the matter. And when I finally learned God's word on the matter, it changed everything for me. And it will for you too. In the next segment of our program, we'll leave behind those bickering over hell in educated ignorance and discuss the plain truth about the subject from the perspective of God's perfect word. But before that, I want to pause so you can request the booklet that we have for you today. Is this the only day of salvation? If you've ever wondered, what is the fate of those who die without ever hearing about Jesus Christ? Why would God create the world in the first place if the vast majority of humanity would simply be suffering in hell for all eternity while only a small handful are saved? Or more personally, what is waiting for me and those I know and love after we die? If you've wondered those things, then this booklet may be one of the most important books you'll ever read in your life. Now, I won't lie to you. It is probably the single most controversial booklet that we have in our library. But the powerful biblical message it contains has been attacked on numerous occasions by those who don't want you to understand the Bible's true answers to these questions. But don't let them keep this inspiring, hope-filled information from you when the answers to Christianity's most challenging questions are so close within your reach. There is no obligation or charge whatsoever Request your copy now. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. We've been discussing the recent resurgence in the debate over hell, and we've seen that both sides are at an impasse. 
One side seems to picture God as cruel and capricious, as billions of individuals, many of which never even had a chance to escape their fate, are tortured forever, judged by a Messiah whose name they've never even heard. The other side seems to picture a God who doesn't seem to be judging the world at all, in which the Bible's words about fiery judgment and destruction are merely allegories with nothing ultimately to fear. What's the verdict in this fight over hell? The verdict is that both are wrong because both fundamentally misunderstand the scriptures and the glorious plan of God. To fully understand this topic and to find the hope you need in a God who is both loving and merciful and just and holy, you really should request the booklet we're offering today, Is This the Only Day of Salvation? Please don't forget to request it before this program is over. But for now, let's focus on the question at hand. The two sides in this fight over hell both make several mistakes in understanding the Bible. Now, I don't mean that as an insult, and I'm sure they're well-intentioned and educated people. I used to make these very same mistakes myself. These misunderstandings are frankly common teachings in this world's Christianity and have been so for hundreds of years, and once I believed them too. But it wasn't until I was challenged to study what the Bible really says about them and challenged to be willing to set aside my own traditional beliefs if, if I found that they disagreed with the Bible. It was at that time that I finally learned the truth, that I finally learned that God was not a wimp, nor was he a monster, but rather he was the great God in heaven who truly does have a plan for all of mankind where no one falls through the cracks unless they choose to walk through those cracks. I make that same challenge to you now. Be willing to check up on me, on the things that I'm about to show you, and look them up in your own Bible. Get our booklet, even if it's to prove me wrong. But prayerfully, humbly, study these things in your Bible. And if you find that the Bible does not agree with what you've been taught before, then be willing to change and follow your Bible. Here are the three key mistakes that those fighting over hell routinely make. First, the Bible nowhere teaches that man has an immortal soul. Yes, the Bible teaches that there is a spirit in man, which combined with his physical brain produces the human mind. And yes, man has a soul, a spark animating physical life within him, just as the animals do. But does the Bible teach that the soul of man is inherently immortal, indestructible? No. I will personally send a check for $10,000 to anyone who can send me biblical proof that the soul is immortal and indestructible. And with four hungry boys to feed at home, that's a lot of money for me. But it's a safe bet. Why? Because the Bible is so remarkably clear on this matter. Turn to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. And do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. No, the soul is not indestructible, not immortal. God absolutely has the power to destroy the soul. 
The Bible makes it clear that immortality is a gift of God, given only to those who follow and obey Jesus Christ. Immortality is not something inherent within us. Look at the testimony of Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. Likely a familiar verse to many of our viewers. But listen to what it actually says. And let's not sick our own ideas into it as I used to do. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice what Romans 6.23 does not say. It does not say the wages of sin is eternal life in torment, while the gift of God is eternal life in bliss. No, the wages of sin is death, the absence of life. Can we believe in the simple words of the Bible? When we read them, do we always have to be infected with the ideas that have twisted the normal, plain meanings of these words over the centuries? Can't we all agree on what death means? Consider one of the most famous verses in professing Christianity, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Again, being alive forever is God's gift. The opposite is perishing, being destroyed forever, coming to nothing. Finally, let's turn to the Old Testament prophet of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel 18.4, we read, Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, is mine. The soul who sins shall die. The soul of mortal man is just that, mortal and subject to death and destruction. This is why so many scriptures tell us that the dead know nothing, that the dead do not think or praise or thank God, that they're not conscious, that the dead are simply dead, awaiting a resurrection to life. The next mistake is the confusion over the English word hell. There are actually four different words in the Bible that are mistakenly translated with the same English word, hell. Two of them, the Greek word Hades and the Hebrew word Sheol, simply mean pit or grave and not a place of eternal torment at all. It is simply the place where all eventually go and dust returns to dust. As Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave or sheol where you are going. This is not the torturous hell of popular Christian imagination. One word only used once in the Bible is the Greek word Tartarus, used by Peter to refer to a condition of temporary current restraint for fallen angels who are being reserved for the day of judgment. As he says in 2 Peter 2 and verse 4, God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, or Tartarus, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. The final word is Gehenna. This Greek word referred to the Valley of Hinnom, a burning garbage dump outside of Jerusalem. 
And in Jesus' day, it was a place where a fire was kept going day and night to burn the city's refuse and garbage. It is this word, Gehenna, that Jesus Christ used in Matthew 10, 28, which we read earlier, to describe the fire at the end of the age that would be used to destroy both bodies and souls of the wicked, called later in the book of Revelation, the lake of fire, a place where they are destroyed, not tortured forever. We'll discuss more about the lake of fire later, but I think you'll agree, seeing how hell is one English word, mistakenly used to translate four different words in two languages that carry three separate meanings, it is no wonder that there's confusion. The next time someone asks you about hell, you might want to ask them which hell they're talking about. The third unbiblical mistake that those who are warring over the question of hell routinely make is truly the key to understanding how a just, holy, and righteous God who loves his creation, who has only one way and standard for salvation in Jesus Christ alone, and yet who can fairly ensure that all who have ever lived truly do have their opportunity to choose or reject that salvation, they misunderstand the biblical resurrections. We'll look at this last gloriously hopeful but universally misunderstood topic in the last segment of our program. But first, I'd like to make sure you have one more opportunity to request our free booklet today, Is This the Only Day of Salvation? It will very likely be the most surprisingly hopeful book you have ever read. As one of our viewers from the southern United States wrote, my prayers were answered when my blinders were taken off by the power of God through your literature. I've just finished reading your publication, Is This the Only Day of Salvation? I often wondered about the unsaved, but could not find any answer that I knew in my heart to be true. Now I know. This booklet has changed so many lives. It will be sent to you free of charge without obligation whatsoever. Call now. To receive this program's offer absolutely free, or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Tomorrow's World magazine keeps you up to date with world trends, Bible prophecy, and the very meaning of life itself. Tomorrow's World. Call now. Welcome back. We've taken a look at the common biblical mistakes that many make in their fight over the meaning of hell and the fate of the unsaved. The final mistake is key to understanding how God can be both just and fair, giving all people their one opportunity to accept his gracious gift. Those arguing over hell misunderstand the biblical resurrections. We proved earlier that man is mortal. His life must be sustained by God, and after death, he must be resurrected. 
The Bible describes three distinct resurrections defined by their intention and results. Our free booklet today explains what the Bible says about these resurrections in great detail. But let's summarize all of them briefly. Today's Christians who die in the faith or who are alive at Christ's second coming will be part of the first resurrection described in Revelation 20 verses 4 through 6 and raised in glory and power and will rule alongside Jesus Christ during the soon coming millennium on this earth. But if there is a first resurrection, there must also be a second resurrection. That second resurrection is the great white throne judgment after the millennium, described in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 12. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Now, the Greek word for books is biblion. And in the second resurrection, the books, or the Bible, will for the very first time be open to the understanding of the billions of human beings who lived and died before the millennium without hearing the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Like Christians today, the Bible will finally be open to their understanding and they will be judged fully by its teachings. This is not a second chance for these people. It will be their one opportunity to truly understand the truth, repent of their sins, and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. But God will not rob us of free will. He's not creating robots, but beings who willingly and humbly choose to accept his will over their own. He will not force rebellious people to obey him, and some will sadly reject the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on their behalf in favor of worshiping their own will and self-rule all the way to the bitter end. For these, resurrection will be for the purpose of eternal destruction in the second death in the lake of fire, described in Revelation 20, verses 14 through 15, and 21, verse 8. Standing before the lake of fire and tormented by the terrifying knowledge of what their choices have earned, they will be cast into the lake and burned up forever. For the wages of sin is death, eternal death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. If God is opening your mind to the beautiful knowledge of his way, if he's opening your mind to understand the gospel of the kingdom of God and to obey his laws and live in his grace, then you need to act on what you know. Seek your incredible reward in that coming kingdom. God is loving and he is just. He will give all an opportunity in his own time, but he expects you to act on that opportunity. Only you can choose whether or not you will do so. I hope you will. Thanks for watching. Please don't forget to request your free booklet today. Also, check out our website at tomorrowsworld.org. And be sure to join us again next week. Roderick Meredith, Richard Ames, Rod King, and I will be back to teach you more surprising truths in the teachings and prophecies of God's Word and to defend the hope of the coming kingdom of God and the return of Jesus Christ. Until we see you again, take care. 
to receive this program's offer absolutely free. Or if you would like more information, visit our website online at tomorrowsworld.org. Once again, that's tomorrowsworld.org. Or you can write us at the address shown. To view today's program, order the free literature offered, or for more information on today's vital subject, visit us online at www.tomorrowsworld.org. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.